Hey guys, so I hope you had an amazing week so far um, and that you're able to have some type of relaxation this upcoming uh, holiday and new year and all that stuff. So hopefully you find some time to just relax and uh, maybe spend time with family or friends or just or just be by yourself, whatever you do. But um, before we get started, I uh, want to say thank you to Alexia Middlebrooks. She... Um, made new music for my podcast so the music that's playing in the background now and the music that will be playing in the background at the end of this episode is a song created by her so i'm really happy so now we have like music for the podcast and that's really cool so i just want to say thank you to her um so i was really excited when she sent the song because yeah i was just excited but anyway for today's episode we're going to be going over chapter one in Esther because we're still doing this book study. Um, we're going to go over chapter one. I'm going to read it all the way through and then um, break each verse down bit by bit and just see what the text has to say and see what God is saying um, through these verses. So let's get started. Okay, so what we're going to do for... Um, each episode in season five is I'm going to read over the chapter and then I'm going to go back and break um, the chapter down bit by bit and basically explain what happened so we can really understand the context of um, the chapter and just the overall what the message of Esther is. Um, before we get started, another reason why I really love the book of Esther is because one, it's a book of the Bible and it teaches an amazing message, but also because it's just an amazing piece of literature. It has everything that makes a good story. So it's just an amazing story with an amazing message. Um, it has the villain, I guess you could say. It has the hero. It has the adventure, the drama. And so it's just a really good book with an amazing lesson. So that's why I really, that's another reason why I love it. But um, let's get started. We're going to read it all the way through, so get your Bible and you can follow along. But we're starting at verse 1. These events took place during the days of Ajawaris, who ruled 127 provinces from India to Kush. In those days, King Ajawaris reigned from his royal throne in the fortress at Susa. He held a feast in the third year of his reign for all his officials and staff. The army of Persia and Media, the nobles and the officials from the provinces. He displayed the glorious wealth of his kingdom and the magnificent splendor of his greatness for a total of 180 days. At the end of this time, the king held a week-long banquet in the garden courtyard of the royal palace for all the people. From the greatest to the, to the least who were present in the fortress of Susa. White and violet linen hangings were fastened with fine white and purple linen cords to silver rods on marble columns. Gold and silver couches were arranged on a mosaic pavement of red feldfer, marble, mother of pearl, and precious stone. Drinks were served in an array of gold goblets, each with different designs. Royal wine flowed freely according to the king's bounty. The drinking was according to royal decree. There are no restrictions. The king had ordered every wine steward in his household to serve whatever each person wanted. Queen Vashti also gave a feast for the women of King Ajwaris's palace. 
On the seventh day, when the king was feeling good from the wine, Ahasuerus commanded the seven eunuchs who personally served him to bring Queen Vashti before him with her royal crown. He wanted to show off her beauty to the people and the officials because she was very beautiful. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command that was delivered by his eunuchs. The king became furious and his anger burned within him. Now we're at verse 13. The king consulted the wise men who understood the times, for it was his normal procedure to confer with experts in law and justice. The most trusted ones were, I'm going to try to pronounce these, were Karshina, Shether, Edmatha, Tarshish, Maris, Marsana, and Memkin. They were the seven officials of Persia and Media who had personal access to the king and occupied the highest positions in the palace. The king asked, According to the law, what should be done with Queen Vashti, since she refused to obey King Ajuerus' command that was delivered by the eunuchs? Mumkan, who was one of the officials, said in the presence of the king and his officials, Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king, but all the officials and the peoples who are in every one of King Ajuerus' provinces. For the queen's actions... For the queen's actions will become public knowledge to all the women and cause them to despise their husbands and say, King Ajuerus ordered Queen Vashti brought before him, but she did not come. Before this day is over, the noble women of Persia and Media who hear about the queen's act will say the same thing to all the king's officials, resulting in more contempt and fury. If it meets the king's approval, he should personally issue a royal decree. Let it be covered in the laws of Persia and Media so that it cannot be revoked. Vashti is not to enter King Ajuerus' presence, and her royal position is to be given to another woman who is more worthy than she. The decree the king issues will be heard throughout his vast kingdom, so all women will honor their husbands from the greatest to the least. The king and his counselors approved the proposal, and he followed Memkin's advice. He sent letters to all the royal provinces, to each province in its own script, and to each ethnic group in its own language, that every man should be master of his own home and speak in the language of his own people. So that is all of chapter one. It was, it wasn't too long. It was just 22 verses. But um, since we read chapter one, we're not going to go back and break it all down. So in... Verses 1 through 2 is basically giving historical historical context to the book. It's letting us know that the king of this time was Ajuerus. It let us know that he ruled 127 provinces. So provinces are basically like states almost. So um, think of Canada. They have provinces and they're basically like states. Um, so he ruled 127 provinces, which is the Medo persian Empire. Um, so it was basically just giving us a whole bunch of um, information and also let us know that he reigned from his royal throne in the fortress at Susa. And so something cool, my mom let me see this map because she recently read the book of Esther and it showed like everywhere where uh, the king ruled. And Susa was in the very middle of the entire um, of the entire kingdom and India and Kush were um to like the opposite side so Susa was in the middle and India was like to the far left and Kush was to the far right so the king was thrown in the middle of his kingdom so I just thought that was pretty cool but um let's move on in verses three through nine King Ajuerus held a really large party now it wasn't your regular type of party that lasted a day or like just a night this party was supposed to last 
180 days. Now, 180 days is six months. Um, and at the end of the party, uh, the king held a week-long banquet to basically show off his wealth. And in verses 6 and 7, uh, the king was basically, it basically described all the king's wealth. There was like white and violet linen were hanging from these marble columns. And he had gold and silver couches. And he had pearl and marble and precious stones and gold goblets and and all this stuff. So, um he had this week-long banquet to show off his wealth, basically brag. And at this banquet, his royal wine was said to have flowed freely from the verse, um, which meant that there wasn't a limit. Um, there there wasn't a limit. So where did it say? It said, um, the drinking was according to royal decree. There are no restrictions. So the king basically said there are no restrictions. He told the wine stewards to give everyone as much wine as they want. So during this week-long banquet, people could drink as much as they want. And there were no restrictions. There was no limit at all. And also in verses 3 through 9, Queen Vashti was off somewhere else having a banquet for the women in the palace. That was also mentioned. Now on to verses 10 through 12. Um, on the last day of the banquet, the king was very drunk. And we know this because the text tells us this. Um, verse 10 tells us that the king was feeling good from the wine. So just having the text say that he was feeling good from the wine makes us know that he was feeling himself. He, he, he was drunk. Um, so him and all of his associates had so much to drink for that entire week. They, I, the text didn't say that all of his associates were drunk, but we know that the king was drunk. Um, so the king was drunk. It's most likely that a whole bunch of his associates who were at the week-long party were drunk also. So um, the king wanted to show off his wife to all the people at this banquet. So he told his seven eunuchs to go get her. But Queen Vashti refused to come and show herself off, which made the king furious. Um, there are a lot of different ideas on why Queen Vashti refused to go and listen to the king. One of the ideas is because um, people are like, oh, Queen Vashti knew that the king was drunk and that there were a lot of drunk men in um in that party so it was an unsafe situation and that's why the queen didn't go that's one idea another idea is um people will say no queen vashti didn't want a man to control her and it was female empowerment you we really don't know why the text doesn't say why she refused to listen to um the king we just know that she refused to come and show herself off to the drunk king and all of his drunk friends um but the king went from feeling good from the wine to being filled with anger and fury. Now, if we go back, um, verse 10 says, On the seventh day when the king was feeling good from the wine. So we know he was feeling good from the wine on the last day of the banquet. And at the very end of this um, situation of the queen refusing to listen, it says the king became furious and his anger burned within him. So he was feeling good. And then he went to feeling uh, furious with anger burning inside of him. Now in verses 13 through 15. 
Um, King Azuerus needed help to make a decision concerning Queen Vashti. So it is said in the text that he consulted the wise men or the experts in law and justice. Um, I'm not going to repronounce their names because I probably messed them up already. But he had seven men who were experts in law and justice. And he consulted them to help him make a decision about what to do with Queen Vashti. Because what had happened wasn't just a mere argument between a couple this this issue couldn't just be solved in the kitchen or during dinner time this was a legal issue it was a legal issue because queen vashti disobeyed the king's order and on top of that she did it publicly too so she not only disobeyed the king but she publicly embarrassed him um so that's why the king needed these experts in law and justice, like the text said. He needed the experts in law and justice to help him figure out what to do with the queen. Now we're going to move on to verses 16 through 18. Um, one of the king's officials, his name was Memcom. I think I'm saying that right. No, Mem Memcam. I don't know. One of the king's officials said that um, Queen Vashti's actions were a big problem for everyone. Uh, he basically said that when the women throughout the provinces find out what she did and find out that she disobeyed the king, that the women in the kingdom would begin to despise their husbands. So he's basically like, look, King Ajuarez, Vashti disobeying you isn't just your problem. It's everyone's problem. Because when the women in the kingdom start to see that Vashti disobeyed you, they're going to think it's it's okay to disobey their husband and disobey the king's officials. Um, And basically that if the queen um memkin also said that if the queen was able to disobey the king then the women would do the same to the king's officials so there was a lot of fear of like rebellion you know um he was basically saying that queen vashi's actions were gonna cause uproar and issues for everyone and so they needed to be um handled expeditiously um that was verses 16 through 18 now in verses 19 and 20, this same official, Memukan, he went on to say that a royal decree should be made. And he said in this royal decree, it should um, state that Queen Vashti can never again enter the king's presence and that her position needs to be given to someone else. Now, when he said position, he means her position as queen. So they're saying that she should not be able to enter the king's presence and that her position as queen should be given over to someone else and it went on it went as far as to say um it says her royal position should be given to another woman who was more worthy than she so they're like queen vashti publicly disobeyed the king this is her consequence she can't um be around the king and she has to give up her royal position um the officials believed by doing this um uproar and issues would be avoided they believed that if the women in the kingdom and the people saw that queen vashi was being punished that they wouldn't go and disobey their husband or go and disobey the king's officials um they believed that doing this would make people respect men even more or respect um those in power you know now we're moving on to verses 21 and 22 which are the last two verses um in this chapter um basically the king he approved this royal decree he approved of um queen vashti being removed from her position and finding a new woman to be queen he then had letters sent to each province that he ruled over each ethnic group in their own language and demanded that every man should be the master of their own household um 
when I read this, um, what I really understood is that the king, he approved this proposal because the queen disrespected him in public and he wanted people to know, you do not do this. You do not disrespect um, your husband and you, and you do not disrespect um, an official, you know? Um, and also he approved this proposal because his officials were panicking. They kept saying that a decision had to be made and he needed to keep things from getting too crazy. So that's why... Um, he approved the decree at the um, very end. But that is verses 1 through 22 broken down bit by bit. Um, something cool that I saw while reading. This might be a stretch, but I I always say this and I believe it wholeheartedly. I don't believe that there's such thing as coincidences. Um, I just, especially in the Bible, there's no such thing as coincidences in life or in the Bible, especially but um, what I saw and um, is this. So we know after, um, well, I know after studying the Bible and after looking through the Bible, the number seven um, for God is the number of completion. Um, and I learned this while I was reading um, Revelation and other spots in the Bible. But the number seven is the number of completion. And in chapter one, in chapter one, verse 10, um, it tells us that the king had seven eunuchs who served him. And then in chapter 1, verse 14, it said he had seven officials. And I don't think this is a coincidence. I just thought that it, it just stood out to me. It was just something cool. Like, huh, he had seven eunuchs and seven officials. And for God, a number of seven is completion. So I don't know if it means anything, but it just, it stood out to me. So I just wanted to mention it. Um... But yeah, that is everything from chapter one. So make sure to come back next Wednesday um, to learn about chapter two, to hear it read and hear it um, broken down. Okay, let's pray. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for life. Thank you for sending your son to save us. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to have a relationship with you and your son. Um, thank you for allowing us to get all the way to December. Um, oftentimes we will take so many things for granted, Lord, and just thank you for allowing us to get to December because we know that 2020 has been a crazy year and not lots of people have made it to December. So just thank you. Um, please allow the words that are spoken today to sit with the listener and with myself. Allow us, please allow us to just um, either just um, remind ourselves of what we learned or tell someone else of what we learned today. Please allow the listener and me to stay curious and just want to learn more about you every single day. Thank you for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.